The content of this program is paid for by David L. Washington. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the opinions or views of 91.5 Jazz and More or the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Plus. I'm Dave Washington, your host. This show is sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Service. Today's guests are State Senator Patricia Spearman, Mr. Frank Hawkins, and I have authors April and Angel Washington, and also their sister Amber Armigan will be uh, a guest today, in-studio guest, in fact. A couple of quick announcements. This is Women's History Month as well as Nevada Reading Week. A couple of condolences I'd like to point out once again to my good friend Tony Williams and his family. I attended his graveside service and I was in full dress uniform to honor and uh, Tony because he's done such a great job in our community. And then also to my good friend and fellow golfer Kenny Jordan and his family on the loss of his sister most recently. And sad to extend condolences to Michael Towers on the loss of his beloved wife Carolyn uh, of many, many years. They were uh, like twins, they were together so much, but uh, certainly want to extend condolences to them. All right, now to the Senator. Spearman, last time you were on the show, you were responsible for getting a number of bills passed that would help our veterans. So, um, and, and before we get started, would you tell us what branch of service did you serve in again? I served in the Army Military Police Corps. Mm, okay. Four. <laughs> how many years did you serve? Um, about 29 and a half. I was medically retired, and if it weren't for the medical retirement, I, I would have gone 40. Hmm. I hear you. <laughs> All right, well, we're, their loss is our gain because you've done a tremendous job. And certainly, <laughs> once again, if you would just give us an update on some of the things you, you did in terms of bills for veterans that will, again, be helpful to them. Yeah, so I, I think the, the, <clears throat> the one that... Um, that comes to mind first is the bill for MST, military sexual trauma, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's for, uh, you know, we've had a number of uh, service members, uh, both active and veterans, who have experienced um, military sexual trauma. Mm. Um, I, won't, I won't go into how that makes me feel. I'll just say that it sickens me to my stomach sure. that you have people on the same team, you know, who would exploit someone for their own personal pleasure or desire or whatever. Right. Um, so the military sexual trauma actually um, puts some money aside for people who are dealing with that so that when they go to, if they, if they happen to encounter the, <clears throat> the criminal justice system, uh, there's money in there to make sure that they get the kind of treatment that they need. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't, uh, there's money in there to help put them uh, in touch with some folks who can uh, show them where treatment is available. Uh, I've also spoken uh, at length to uh, our federal delegation mm -hmm. about what that looks like right. and uh, ask them if they can make it a point, uh, make, this, make, this a, make this a priority, make right. it a priority. 
Um, if I can, if I can pivot, I, I, I want to want to talk about some things. That, yeah, that's something that we've done. Mm-hmm. My, I've been been focusing a lot on our women veterans, right. not to the exclusion of men, but most of the people that I hear from now who really, really, really need help are mm-hmm. our women veterans. And as I stopped to think about it uh, a couple of years ago, I said everything that we do. We do it under the umbrella of veterans. Right. But when people close their eyes, I say, close your eyes. And, and when you when I say veterans, tell me the picture that comes to mind. A man. And for sure. 99, a man. Yeah. A man. People, yeah. people don't even think about women who serve. And so, so we've got housing, for example, veterans housing. But it's veterans housing that accommodates our men. Right. It's we, we have we have different programs, you know, like even job training programs and it's programs that accommodate the men. But we don't have we have no housing. Zero housing mm-hmm. for that's been set aside specifically for women veterans. So uh, I've been talking to our federal delegation and I've also been talking with someone in the White House who is the outreach person for the president on uh, veterans affairs mm-hmm. and and saying to them, whatever you need me to do. I'm willing to do that uh, to help get this off the ground, but we need to start talking and focusing specifically on housing for our women veterans because the homeless population that we have out there now includes women veterans, and it should not be. That's it excellent. It should not be. That's excellent. Um, so, so that's that's one one of the things that I've I've been uh, working on now. The the other thing that um, uh, I've been real concerned about, and you know, we're we're not in session now, so there are no bills that are pending, and there won't be any bills. Um, uh, pending until 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if God blesses and says the same, and I continue to work hard, uh, I don't intend to be there in 23. I intend to be the mayor of North Las Vegas, um, where, where I will continue my work for, for veterans. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing that the president said last night that I think um, uh, is of great interest, should be of great interest to veterans. He has um, put forth a challenge to Congress uh, to make sure that Veterans Administration medical benefits are available to our low-income veterans. Mm. Now, that, that's important because the cost of um, medical insurance, mm-hmm. as you know, is huge. Right. And for someone who is barely making it, having access to the VA mm-hmm. uh, could mean the difference between life, quality of life, and shorter life, right? Because some of the things that our veterans experience, if they don't have health care, they don't go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And part of that is related to the service that they have. You know, it was about about twenty years uh, after uh, after we had uh, after we ended Vietnam before people started realizing that Agent Orange, this thing that they put on the on the plants, right? Um, it, it not not only did it kill the plants, you know, to thin out the the brush mm-hmm. uh, in Vietnam, but it had a negative effect on uh, on service members. Well, mm-hmm. you have the same thing that's happening with uh, with burn pits. Uh, people who are people who were stationed, especially in Iraq mm-hmm. uh, and Afghanistan, mm-hmm. the burn pits and the burn pits included any type of material, medical. Uh, environmental, chemical, all of that was put in huge burn pits. And, and it's not like a hole in the ground. Right. Burn pits, you know, it's the place where you take them to dispose of. It's like an incinerator. Mm-hmm. And so the people who were, were uh, in close proximity to those places, not just in terms of miles, but wherever the smoke, wherever the air uh, happened to float to, mm-hmm. we're finding that many of them are, are being diagnosed with some very rare cancers. Wow. And so, so one of the things that um, the, the president has done is he has put forth 
um, uh, the idea or said to Congress, we need to make sure that we have money in the VA mm. to, number one, be able to identify these, these rare cancers. Number two, make sure that we are identifying those who will probably be susceptible to that. Right. And number three, make sure that we have a way for them to get taken care of because we should not send people into battle and then they come back with the effects of that of battle and we don't do anything to help them. That is wrong. Agree 100%. That is wrong. And so, 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 so the, the whole piece about burn pits, that's, um, mm. that's at the top of his agenda now. And it's not just the, the quote, cancers that we're talking about. There's also some <clears throat> respiratory issues right. associated with, uh, with, with the burn pits. Uh, I'll use my, myself as, as an example. I wasn't close to burn pits, but I mm. happened to be there, be the Pentagon when they were um, renovating the Pentagon. It was built in the 50s, and you know the uh, material of choice for mm-hmm. insulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what that was. Mm. So so I got some of that stuff in my lungs. Wow. And S- never had asthma before. Wow. But because because I got asbestos, some mm-hmm. asbestos in my lungs, mm. that you know, that, that's compromised my respiratory system. Oh, yeah, that's some tough stuff. And I, it'll be that way. Yeah, it'll be that way for the rest of my life. Sure. I, I know what I need to do to make sure that I protect myself, but right. uh, I also, as someone who's retired, I also have access to um, to the Veterans Administration uh, hospital system. But we have, we have veterans who don't. Right. And so any veteran who is experiencing some type of illness, even if you don't think it's related to your service, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you're going to the VA. Senator, we got about a minute. Uh, what, can okay. we, what can we do to assist you? I'm talking about the fellow, fe- fellow veterans, men and women who are out there listening to this program. What can we do to assist you in moving things forward? Here, here's, here's what I'd like, I'd like to do. I'd, I'd like to have them to go to my website. And this is not a this is not a request for campaign contribution. But I like them to go to my website, patspearman.com, mm-hmm. and fill out the information where it says contact us. And please put in there that I want to be a part of a uh, veterans advisory council. Now I know mm-hmm. that currently there is something like that, and for the city of North Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when I think advisory council, I think about people who who are not participating right now, right? but I need to hear from them. And Absolutely. I want to make sure that throughout my tenure as mayor that I have veterans close by. What, what you can help me do is go there and sign up for that. Okay. And, and when we call on you, please make sure that you can attend. We're going to have some, some town hall. Make mm-hmm. sure you can attend. I need to hear from you because I want to be able to leverage the federal and state funds that come into the city mm-hmm. to make sure that things like housing, health care, uh, job. Uh, training, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure that we can we can leverage those funds with funds that we already have because veterans deserve much more than we are giving them now. And I intend to make sure that we make up the difference. Great, thank you for your time, Senator. That's Senator Patricia Spearman. Thank you, Senator. Thank you, thank you, sir, for this opportunity. God All bless right. you. Have a great day. You too. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Good morning again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. We are back with our next guest, Mr. Frank Hawkins of the Wellness Center Dispensary. I've known this brother for many, many years and known him to be one who studies and prepares. Hey, Frank, could you give us an update on what's happening in the cannabis industry? Well, there's a lot going on. There's the... Uh 
uh, dispensaries that are opening there was probably for the new for 2022 uh, from 2017 you're probably going to have upwards of 20 more dispensaries open mm. uh, there is a bunch of consolidation going on so the big public companies are coming in and buying out all of the local companies so uh, pretty soon you're going to see marijuana dispensaries and cultivations and companies all belonging to publicly traded companies. Wow. Uh, Canada, of course, because still not legal in America, even though in 38 to 40 states it's legal uh, for recreational marijuana. Mm -hmm. The other thing you're going to see in Nevada in 2022 is the opening of consumption lounges, which is uh, probably going to start happening July or August of 2022. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot going on. Prices right now, as people know, are probably low, as low as they were when uh, medical uh, medical marijuana was in existence in 2015. Mm -hmm. So a lot of movement, uh, a lot of players in the market consolidating, buying up smaller guys, and uh, that's still probably less than 10 local folks that still own dispensaries and cultivations in town. So it's almost almost like the hotel industry where all the big boys get together and they buy up, you know, your Caesars, your MGM. So we're going to have the same thing occurring in the cannabis industry. <laughs> Interesting. That's exactly right. That's right. Interesting. Now, you got a new location about to open. Give us a little status I on do. that. So we, you know, we have to, because of the business, uh, the type of business, marijuana, it's always a challenge. Uh, we had a couple of the county commissioners that uh, somewhat opposed or tried to oppose us, uh, but we were ultimately successful. We did have a delay, uh, but we are going to be on West Flamingo, mm -hmm. and I'd like to, when we're close to the opening, I'd like to give you the address, but uh, it's going to be a great shop. We're excited about it um, because it's a market, that area that is not being served. So uh, we look forward to going there and, and becoming a part of the neighborhoods and a part of the business base. Great. So, Frank, is there anything that you can share with, uh, you know, this is a veteran show and we do have veterans listening. Is there any quick uh, recommendations you can make to them with respect to them uh who may want to get into this industry? Well, if you want to get into the industry, it's a big growing industry. That's what I tell people. Right. Don't be uh, disheartened because people say you need $10 million, $15, 20000000 million to get into a dispensary or to a cultivation. I think if you look at this industry almost like the, um, the growth of the Industrial Revolution, then anything you can think of, there's an opportunity. Be that um, shirts, hats, clothing, mm. uh, C CBD products, shoes, food, drinks. Um, it, it, it just, it just, you're only limited by your imagination. So if you got an idea uh, and you think it'll work in marijuana, which it will because everything's going to work in marijuana, and you ought to be talking to somebody about, hey, how can I uh, transfer my idea into this uh, marijuana space 
and get a piece of this already multi, multi-billion dollar business, soon to be a trillion dollar business. So, Frank, what is what, what do they call It's the other side of the marijuana. It's the more corporate type. Uh, I'm yeah. Tra- him, 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 yeah. So, yeah. I tried. I tried so to. Con- I tell- I, Frank, I tried to convince my wife when she was serving as an interim state senator that look, hemp is good. It's more than just smoking. You know, it's it's things that you can build product with, and that's something that that's right. that I think others need to know. So I'm glad you're sharing that. Yeah, but you know, a bigger, even a bigger issue for those folks who who have pain and don't want to take the oxys. Uh, uh, hemp uh, slash CBD is a great alternative to relieving the pain without getting you high. Uh, I like to tell people, though, you know, if you've got pain and mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about taking a drug test or you don't have to worry about being, you know, high or anything like that, uh, the one-to-one, that's the THC, mm-hmm. 50%, and the marijuana, 50%, so that's the him and the her together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're better together than they are apart, even though they work both, but they work better together. Uh, I say take a one-to-one, and that will relieve your body pain. It's almost like taking a muscle relaxer, uh-huh. and it also relieve your head pain for those people who have headaches and you know, to get those, those chronic headaches. It's another way of uh, helping to stop that before it starts. So, so, so is that ingested? Uh, you know, they so is it ingested? Is it ingested? Yeah, oh, there, there's so many ways you can take it now. You can eat it. You can drink it. You can smoke it. Uh, you can put it on in, in uh, a rub, rub-ons, lotions, bombs, mm-hmm. um, um, the little things you cut and you paste them on. Right. Like little tattoos. But you, you name it, and it's already there. That's why I tell people, if you got an idea, you want to be in the marijuana space, get involved. There's nothing but opportunity out there. Great. Well, we appreciate the update, uh, Mr. Hawkins. Uh, you're doing a fine job, and I, I appreciate the fire in your gut that you have to take on uh, the big boys when they try to close us out. Would, would you very quickly just give us an indication? I know you had an issue with this minority uh, application process they were trying to put together. Could you cover that real quick? Sure. So this, the state of Nevada legislature approved the consumption lounges uh, and they're going to have independent lounges and they're going to have social equity lounges. And of course they'll have lounges for those current dispensaries that are already open, Mm -hmm. but they're going to have applications. And my concern is that there won't be any black people, African-American people. We are the only African-American owned dispensary in the entire state, three Mm -hmm. black men. Mm -hmm. uh, And, and, in 15, 16, 17, states said, we're going to have more, we're going to have more, and it's 2022, and we're still the only one. I, mm. That's unacceptable to me, Right. But uh, and I'm telling folks, read the regulation. <clears throat> it's out there at 341 uh, from the Assembly Bill, mm-hmm. and that's where all the regulations is coming from. I did a show on KCP um, last week, there's going to be another show, but they'll be also be able to go to our website and watch it. Mm-hmm. And basically we're telling people you got to make your opinion known. Okay. If you don't say anything during the regulatory period and you're silent, then that's going to become the law of mm-hmm. the land of which the application is going to be based. And okay. if that happens, I'm telling you, there's not going to be any African-American with license. 
Great. All right, sir. We appreciate your time and uh, keep doing the great work that you're doing. And I know you're a tremendous philanthropist and I know people are probably waiting to hear that out there in our community. But Frank, we appreciate you, brother. So you take care. Anytime. Thank you. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. We're here in the third and final segment. Our guests are my daughters, April, Angel, and Amber. Wow. Hey. Celebrating family. Hello. But, but this is actually Women's History Month. So, Amber, could you kind of elaborate for a brief moment on that and your thoughts in regards to Women's History Month? Um, for me, I would like to celebrate my mother, my sister, and both of my sisters. Um, my mom worked for the school district for 25 years and then moved to a whole completely different um, line of work, becoming a, um, uh, a fire inspector for three years. And that takes great courage to me if you're used to being in one thing and moving on to something completely new, but gain, gaining a lot out of it. And for my two sisters, April, um, she is a complete go-getter. She has so many, uh, uh, so many different things inside of her that she has no problem with taking risks on, you know, um, she's definitely as she calls it a hustler and has been one from uh probably since she was probably like 12 years old but um an angel also both my sisters are very gifted in s several different ways an angel she can be given like 10 words and make a poem that would be so immaculate you like how did you come up with that but she is uh definitely gifted from God on uh, these different things that um, she she's able to do just so seamlessly without any effort. So I'm just grateful for um, my family, my my mother and my sisters, because they are true inspirations to me, um, because I'm one that may have talent, but I'm not one that's ready to or willing to take a risk. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm grateful for all the women that are out there that take risk and do something with the talent that they've been given. Well said. And Amber, uh, she's being modest. She is a very gifted interior designer, very gifted in that way. Uh, next, I'm going to talk to April. April, you was the first author of the family. Uh, tell us a little bit about your book and how did you come up with it, the idea? Well, I came up with the idea. First of all, I want to say happy birthday to Liz in the day, uh, somebody who's been such a great person in the community. Uh, a great mentor, father, father figure, godfather. I want to celebrate you today also, Daddy. Thank you. Um, my book came uh, came about with uh, you uh, inviting all the children on our street to watch. You didn't want to just teach us about fire safety, but you wanted everybody, all the children around to know about safety also, fire safety also. So what I did, uh, when you promoted to different things and stopped uh, having the little classes at the house, I said, well, you know what? Other kids should be able to learn about this, too. So I decided to write a book called Fire Safety in the Washington Home. I dedicated that book to your mama for your years in the fire service. And I thought that would be a great way to still continue to take your legacy and continue to teach the children your story, my story of your story, teaching us. 
Wonderful. And I, I should remind folks again, this is Nevada Reading Week. And again, these are two authors, my daughter, April and Angel. So, Angel, explain a little bit of your ideas and where you come from with respect to, I know you've written several books. Could you explain a couple of them briefly? Absolutely. And I want to echo April and her sentiments. Happy birthday, Daddy. And uh, real quick, uh, Amber, you too are to be honored. It's about all contributions um, that women um, have given um, to this world, um, which includes, you know, the raising of children who will become productive members of society. So we should all celebrate everything that we do, whether you've taken the leap of faith or not. We are all uh, positive uh, contributors to uh, this world. But as far as my books are concerned, um, my books are a little more touchy in subject matter. It was very important to me to make sure that um, all kids know that they are loved. And so my books are a children's book series. Always remember you are love children's book series, and they deal with social and emotional issues that our kids are faced with. So for this Nevada Reading Week, um, I've read at two schools this week thus far, and the book that I chose to read was Always Remember You Are Loved, When a Child Seeks Guidance About Cyber and Peer Bullying, as we know that that is prevalent, unfortunately, in society, whether it's school or even at work. You know, adults can bully others as well. So I just felt that uh, that was important to get the word out to kids this week, but also the message in the book um, is to make sure that kids just know and realize that even though they may be having some difficulty in their lives, that they are absolutely loved. They are loved members of society. Great. Uh, could you briefly, I know you've, you've done a blog, Angel, say a little bit about that, please. And then I'm going to have some closing remarks from you guys real quickly on the um, Women's History Month as well as Nevada Reading Week. Well, what, what I did actually this particular month, or last month, because it was uh, Black History Month, I took 27 days to highlight um, wonderful members of society who don't get the acknowledgement or honor that they deserve. Um, sometimes you don't. You can be, you know, a major name, and those are the names that we see all of the time. But right. I wanted to highlight people who are not recognized but are deserving Great. of recognition. Great, Amber. Thoughts on history or and or Nevada Reading Week, briefly. I think it's just so great that we have this. It shouldn't just be a month. You know, we should do this at all times um, to celebrate women. It's not like women are only, you know, for a specific time. Women are around just like men are every day of the year. Mm -hmm. So I think sh st stuff shouldn't be just highlighted on a specific month. It should be done daily as far as and, and reading also. April. Uh, I think women are to be uh, appreciated every day. We are the, uh, the shoulders of the world, I should say, Amber uh even though Amber decided to go to college, her dream is to be a dancer. Amber, you're dancing for the Lord. So you're doing what you were called to do also. So it doesn't have to always be in the business realm or, or a big company realm or, you know, or a big money realm. But as long as you're doing what you're called to do, that's what matters. And I think that's what all women should understand. 
whatever you're called to do, God's grace will do it. Thank you, my daughters, and certainly want to mention uh, y'all's brother, Vernon and Ray Washington. Uh, but this is about the women this 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 week, this month. And again, I agree with all that's been said with respect to women should be celebrated year round. And I think that we do, but it's also not a bad thing to focus for a month. And and give you an example of a lot of people wonder why we only have Black History Month in the shortest month of the year. Well, this is the reason why. Mr. Wood, Mr. Carter, G. Woodson, what he was talking about was having a birthday of the president. Abraham Lincoln, and also of Frederick Douglass. Their birthdays were in the month of February. So that's why he selected that. So it had nothing to do with the short days. But again, anyway, again Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5, Jazz and more. We welcome you and appreciate you so much for the time you spent with us. Have a great day. Happy birthday. I hope you had a happy birthday um, on Wednesday, Daddy. <laughs>